being a parent during this sucks. <laughs> I love my children. I love the fact that I get to be home with them. I made that choice to be a stay-at-home parent. This was not what I signed up for as a stay-at-home parent. I could tell you that much. Um, hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of the One World Your Story podcast. Uh, this is your host, Jamie, and I am joined today by one of my favorite people in the whole world, my best friend, Beth Edgar. Um, Beth Dufresne. <laughs> I always do that. Um, like Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. What'd you say? I said I think eight years ago that we met. Oh, that you got married? Yeah. Right? Well, I don't know. Seven. Some things die Seven. hard okay. through me. <laughs> Elizabeth Dufresne. I feel like I have to say your full name that way. Otherwise, in my head, it's Beth Edgar. I don't know. Um, okay. That's fair. <laughs> but uh, we're here today to talk about, well, a bunch of things. But the main topic is being a parent through the year 2020, which <laughs> there's been a lot this year. I would say just the pandemic, but we have had the largest civil rights movement in history. We've had the craziest election, I think, in our history um, and a wild pandemic that we're living through and the mother of two kids. So yeah, I'm like, where do we even begin? I think that where we begin is something I was gonna ask you about anyway, um, because, well, first of all, how old are your kids to talk about that? Give uh, us, okay. and, and if there's anything else you want to say about your background and who you are, please go for it. Okay. Um, let's see. Well, first off, I have a six-year-old daughter. Her name is May and a almost two-year-old son. I guess he's 22 months, um, Simon. And we are all together in quarantine, along with my husband and our dog, Tilly. Um, I just like the tone and the way you say, we're all together in quarantine. Forever. (laughs) It's gone on forever and ever. Uh, You basically stayed quarantined and been quarantined since, what, beginning of March or end of February, right? Uh, Beginning of March, first week of March. Okay, first week of March. And sorry, continues. So you got your dog Tilly, which you got Tilly in quarantine, by the way. <laughs> yes. Weak moment. <laughs> weak moment. But actually, now that she's about six months old, she's turning into a really good dog. So we're glad we did that. It's been, it's kept things lively. Um, kind of mixed things up a little bit, which I think is what we were looking for. So totally. We have it, we've been pretty much in. I would say you would consider it pretty strict quarantine for, you know, the whole time. We don't really go into stores. We just get things delivered. We did do a bubble with my niece and nephew and my brother and sister-in-law who had the exact same lifestyle as us. Um, But since things have gotten a lot worse um, in, you know, recent weeks, we've kind of stopped that as well. So now it's just back to the four of us and the dog. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Awesome. So... You have May, yes. six-year-old, Simon, mm-hmm. almost two-year-old, mm-hmm. and then your husband, Matt, um, yeah. that you've been married to for almost a decade, which is wild to think about. Um, we get a lot longer than that. Yeah, I mean, you've been together. I think you've been together longer than you haven't been together in your life at this point, right? Not yet. I think we've been together 15 years now. 15 years. You were what, 17? Yeah. So not quite. So not quite. You're right. Yeah. 17, 15. 15 years. Yeah. You can do math. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not great at it. So that doesn't say much for you. (laughs) Well, you need to prep for tutoring May for her, you know, early math. So, Mm -hmm. hey, it's good that you know easy addition like that. Yay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which, okay. Speaking of which, What's going on? So May is, is she in kindergarten technically now? Uh, she's in first grade. She's in first grade. Whoa. I should know. Yeah, that. it's pretty wild. So she's like a summer birthday. So she's right on the cusp of, you know, like first grade or kindergarten. Okay. 
She did have kindergarten last year, so we moved her on to first grade for this interesting year. Okay, which we'll get into. And then you have Simon, who's 22 months, which this is where I was going to ask you this anyway, regardless of the fact that we're doing the podcast. But so you have this 22-month-old wild, um, I mean, and he, by the way, for those of you that don't know Simon or Beth, which is the majority of you, I mean, he is he looks like the Gerber baby. Almost. He's like the picture perfect, like the chunky, cute little baby. And he's also wild, right? He's a tiny little monster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he is hilarious and he's so fun. And he's such like a, he's such a new addition to our dynamic. This May is very, you know, I wouldn't say she's like, Calm, but she's definitely not a wild child. She she's has an old soul. Yeah, she likes to chat and play pretend, and she would never like climb or jump off things or open cabinets she's not supposed to, and like things like that. <laughs> so we have something very different on our hands. He's almost feral. He's insane. <laughs> so. Like how you start like talking about it, kind of like oh, it's okay, nice, and then you just end with he's feral. <laughs> let's just be real about it let's just be real he's totally totally different than any <laughs> thing I ever expected but so, not that I haven't seen kids just like him I feel like it's the majority of I don't know if it's fair to say the majority of boys and not girls but the majority of boys in our family but I I feel like knowing you and Matt I mean you're pretty chill calm yeah. human beings like I think it's just surprising that you're as you said, yeah, said to me before like how did how'd yeah. you make this yeah 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 because I think Matt was a lot like May as a kid not quite as fatty but like shy and, you know whatever a little whiny <laughs> <laughs> what he says this is his own admission not mine um but yeah so Simon is totally different but he's and starting to talk and it's really fun. Totally. And I mean, I have a niece, as you know, yeah. you know, but I don't sure. know if everyone else knows. She's almost a year old. Um, yes. That's yes. crazy. I know. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, and I might get to see her before her birthday, which would make me so happy. Um, and for her birthday. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. The point of me bringing her up is that she is like the source of joy and light for all of our family. And I feel like, yes, you have that with May, but Simon, as you like experience all the changes in this baby, in so many ways, it can be the same thing. And I just want to talk about before the source of light and joy, what you're doing right now is weaning him off of breastfeeding. Yes. Okay. How is that going? Because what yeah. was it? Two days ago, we talked and you're like, okay, it's almost been 24 hours. This is a huge monument. Did you make it all the way yeah. through? Yeah. So day, this is the second full day. So it's been two and a half days. Congratulations. Oh, been a full day. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Yesterday was the first 24 hours. And now we're on to today. It's only 1120 in the morning. We have a lot, a lot more of this day to go. <laughs> uh, so weird time is I'm like, wait, was that yesterday? But I don't know. I don't know. I, Two days ago, but anyway. I had a whole full day of not nursing and yeah, it was really hard. It was hard. Feel like now you're he's in the miserable. clear kind I mean, of though? No. So he's doing all right. He's doing a lot better. We tried a little bit like a month ago to try and wean him down and he was not having it. Stomping his feet, having a huge toddler tantrum, crying forever. So now we're able to talk to him a little bit more and tell him that he can't have it. And, you know, so it's going okay. It's going okay. But to be frank, it's not easy when we're all together all the time, only in the house. And he's just like used to his routine and he's probably nursing for a huge 22 month old. He's still probably nursing every couple of hours, which is insane. Well, um, that's, I was going to ask. I mean, that's like newborn status. <laughs> well, and How you were telling me that you were like, holy crap, like, look, because your breasts yeah. go towards what the baby needs, right? And, yeah, and he's a 30 pound boy. Is <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> huge. Um, so yeah, he, I was making a lot of- At money. least he's healthy. He is. So <laughs> yeah, so I am currently engorged. Like, like I just brought a baby home and I'm trying to figure out how to nurse, like, you know, and 
it's really beautiful. <laughs> well, the thing it's I was going to ask is, is, is this, this... <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing about Beth is that you don't sugarcoat things. Yeah. Okay. No. You would think, oh, I have bigger boobs. It's pretty. No, it's not. It's you not... might be free with a shirt on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it different weaning your kid off of breastfeeding now during the pandemic in quarantine than yeah. it was with May? And what's the difference? Again, totally different. I mean, I nursed her two years, nine months. So she was a lot older. Um, so, you know, we were getting to the point where I was starting to think about like, okay, she's going to eventually have to go to preschool. Like this has to happen. <laughs> and she was, you know, not nursing this amount. So my physical body didn't have such a hard time stopping, if that makes sense. Um, and she was super, super verbal from a very young age. So it was very easy to explain like, all right, we just, we have to be done, you know? And so, and I would just take her out and distract her. We would just go to the playground. We would go to the library. We would have a play date. We would go see granny and grandpa. We would like do all these things to like distract from it. And now with none of that and a younger child, um, yeah, it's a lot harder. <laughs> and he's younger. And if he was sleeping and more or less happy throughout the day, instead of screaming at me to nurse and, you know, like not sleeping and waking up all night, then I probably wouldn't have weaned him. I wouldn't have, I don't think I would have seen a reason, but he's been waking up all night and my body can't take much more of the nursing in the middle of the night an almost two-year-old yeah I can imagine and it's so weird because I remember with May I would we would always I'd call you and you're like oh I'm at the library or we're doing this I feel like you would go see the Eric Carl yeah, thing Eric. a lot um, yeah, yeah. yeah and um it's literally I mean it's been a year right almost that we've been in this so and Simon was basically a little over a year old I mean he's growing up I mean it's totally different and routine it's kind of really important I mean maybe that structure helps get through the day I don't know and so to have to adjust it during this kind of time who has young kids knows that like okay before nap time you're going on an outing it doesn't matter what your outing is you're going to the grocery store you're going to the library you're like going somewhere to get yourself to nap time you know, you're doing something or like for Simon, I would be doing gymnastics class or swim class or like we'd be doing things, you know, filling our day and they would be in school. And yeah, things would look a lot, lot different. My well, would yeah. you call you, you would call yourself a stay at home mom before with May, right? Yeah. I mean, I worked when I was with her, but yeah. But, but more or less. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I only worked on the weekends and stuff. So I was a stay at home mom with her. Yeah. The definition has changed a little bit now. Would you say? Yeah. Yeah. It's gotten wild. I mean, you're, you're just everything. I mean, especially if you're being as kind of cautious as we are, which not everybody is obviously like some people do have their kids in school or daycare and some people have to go to work, you know? So like, explain to me or explain to all of us, if you don't mind, what, yeah. what does that look like? For what you parts? Your life. No. You said you're yeah. strict. So, you know, Matt's home. Um, so he and his family own a book publishing company and they have moved all of their staff remote um, except for people that need to work in the warehouse, which, you know, is they keep it to the minimum and everyone's spaced out. And luckily they haven't had to lay people off and they've been able to keep functioning, you know, but he's home a hundred percent of the time. He never has to go into the office. Um, so he's home, he has his own home office, which is nice. And then May has school, but she has to do like a full day of school, five days a week. And then we have a crazy toddler running around. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to add that we also have dropped his nap, even though he's not even two yet because his sleep is just going so poorly at night. So he doesn't nap all day. So yeah, so all day, every day, it's just kind of I don't know, just trying to get through. There's not really a very good schedule, to be honest, because Matt has meetings and May has class. So like we stick to her school schedule and that's fine. But I also have a toddler running around. What is a full day of school? What are the hours? Uh, so it starts at, it's a, it's a little condensed for sure. So it starts at 8.45 instead of like a normal 
earlier time, I think. I don't know what it used to be. I can't even remember anymore. But, you know, she has like her morning meeting and then she has classes, but they are, we're fortunate in the sense that they are doing live instruction for some of the day. I know that a lot of people, if they choose to stay remote, they have to basically do everything themselves or just watch recorded lessons and parents need to teach. So not that I don't have to, but she does still get about, I don't know, 30 minute classes, I think like three of them a day that are on Zoom live with a teacher. And she has small groups, it's about five of them in her, in her group that's being taught. And then like their full morning meeting has like 10 kids. And and, okay, you have so to- like, really fortunate, even for a public school. Really fortunate. I mean, yeah. I was, as you know, seeing this guy this summer into the yeah. fall who had this 13 year old and that school, I mean, it was remote. But the only lessons that he got were those recorded videos. Mm-hmm. And you had to somehow figure out how to find the right one. Imagine. And then if you needed communication, it was emailed to your team. I mean, yeah. it's really challenging. It's, it's yeah. not easy. So yeah, you're really lucky to have, yeah. to have that. Okay. She is to have that yeah. kind of communication. Right. So she has like, you know, three 30 minute classes, which obviously, what is that? That's an hour and a half. So that's not all of her school. Like she needs to be doing, so we need to be doing school with her. Totally. You know? There's a lot of stuff that we have to do. <laughs> so she has to be educated, you know, it's like they, that 30 minutes. And unfortunately, no matter how you slice it, like they can't help you really like the kid really, yeah. unless they're verbally showing that they don't understand something or asking a question or, you know, they're like, okay, show us the paper. And it's like, you know, upside down backwards and you can't really read the handwriting. So it's like, they don't know how much she's getting out of anything. I don't really think. It's just like everyone's trying to make it work in the best way that they can. We're all figuring it out. And and I wonder, like, what are the long term effects of this stuff? What somebody said this the other day, Beth, I don't know if you've thought about it, but when like Simon, right? Yeah. A year old. Now he's at the age where he's learning communication and facial expressions and all this. He's getting it from you and Matt and May and what TV screen yeah, like yeah. FaceTime. So you're not, you're not watching TV. You're not getting those like <laughs> human interactions. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You think about that as a parent? Do you talk yeah. about it with other parents? What is that like for you all? So, you know, I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't know how negatively affect. Like, I don't know how much this is going to impact him. I'm hoping not a ton. I think about the fact like he hasn't been into a grocery store or like what is that sort of like high level of stimulation going to feel like for him since he's not getting in, he's not in crowds. He's not in Well, like, I, I hadn't thought about that recently because I, you know, we did have a short, I mean, I don't, wouldn't say it's a short period of time, but over the summer, you know, we had a couple months where he was able to be with cousins and aunt and uncle and we, you know, they were in our house, like we were completely bubbling. And I felt like there was like lots of rowdiness and playing and fun and running outside. Like there was a lot of that. And I felt like that was really good for him. And luckily he gets that with his sister, which is like, thank God. <laughs> Cause I don't know what people are doing. Single parents with toddlers, if they're not getting that social interaction for their kids. My, that's going to be my niece this next year. Well, hopefully there will be a vaccine and that won't have to be the case. <laughs> but sure. But yeah. Okay. Anyway, continue. You know, but yeah. So I don't know. I think more about like crowds and bigger social things, you know, like how is he going to handle being in like a group of people or having this high level of noise or he doesn't seem like a kid that's going to be ultra sensitive to things. So I feel like we're lucky in that sense, but who the heck knows? Like, I really don't know. I worry a little bit more about my six-year-old because she's very just about to say like, or you said very social. I was going to say sensitive. She, to me, she's yeah. always been more sensitive in the most beautiful. I, yeah, she is one of the coolest kids and so smart. Very unique too. So she's unique. Really unique. Yeah. I mean, it, this is the per- what did she? What did you tell me? She said the other day. Oh God! In class. I mean, I think that what a wild thing to overhear your kids say. And it launches yeah. us into a couple other things I want to talk about too. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, we're coming upon Thanksgiving. So people are talking about things that they're grateful for. And there was some 
visiting teacher in a Zoom session or whatever. And I'm not sure they read her some sort of book or, you know, and everyone went around and they talked about what they were thankful for or grateful for. And, and I think I anticipated her saying that she's grateful for just her family or her toys or who the heck knows, I don't know, something more simplistic. And gosh, I remember, what did she say? Um, she said, I'm grateful for all of us in quarantine together um, because I know it's really hard right now. I don't really remember. Do you remember what I said? I know it's really hard right now, but we're all doing the right thing by staying home and taking care of each other or like, something like that. It was something that I was shocked because she was expressing that she understood it was hard for like everybody, but that we were doing the right thing. And she was grateful for people doing it. Yeah, but it was I, literally like, yeah. she she got that it was hard. Yeah. She got that how lucky she was to be able to have this group that she had and to be together yeah. during quarantine, but staying home was the right and safe thing to do as a six-year-old. Yeah, we can't convince adults to understand <laughs> at all. Yeah, it's crazy. So talk to me about what is it like having, I mean, she is at the age where she clearly, she gets it, right? There's no, she get. oh yeah, she knows why we're home. I mean, her biggest thing that she's sad about is obviously that she can't go to school. She wants to be able to go to school and see friends and the library. And other than that, she wants to be able to go to Barnes and Noble. Like that's life for her. I remember though. So, um, for anyone that's listening that doesn't know, I have a, a business where we do one-on-one interviews to capture a particular moment of time, right? So I did this with May. And to remember what it was like as the six-year-old self when she's, you know, 20 years old, it's going to be wild to look back at. And I remember one of the things that she said when we were talking, she was just like, I just feel like this is going to go on forever. Yeah. Well, I mean, for so her, how much of her life it's already been. Well, and I remember like time and every year it was like dramatically, you could be like, whoa, like this summer felt so much shorter. Now it's like kind of everything just goes by fast, but time felt, I mean, and time is an illusion. Like it is this made up concept truly. Um, But yeah, it does feel like one day is a year. What kinds of conversations do you have with her? And I ask that because I think about the things I have to tell myself. I have a thousand million unanswered questions. Mm-hmm. Then you have a kid yeah. that has a thousand more. Yeah. And the way in which they ask them, how do you provide answers right now? I mean, again, I think that because we're just all home and we're also able to be so emotionally available to her all the time and we play a lot and we've kind of created this little magical bubble land for her that I feel like she's not overly traumatized by this situation to put it bluntly and (laughs) like she gets to play with mom and dad and her dad is like the funnest person you know he like just he'll just get to it and just play for a solid, you know, hour and a half in the middle of the day or whatever, even if he has work. Like he'll, so yeah, we answer that. She asks, you know, how long is this going to go on? And I'm like, I don't know until we get a vaccine and we talk about the flu shot and what that feels like. And when it's available, we'll get it. And eventually we'll be able to go back into the world. And it's just being honest. That she has, I'm just being honest. And she's like, has mixed feelings about that. She's like, well, I really don't like shots. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Maybe I'll just stay here. <laughs> you know? So I feel like. <laughs> of course I, she said that. <laughs> I do feel like we are giving her for shutting her life down so much, which that in and of itself is a really challenging thing to do. And you mm-hmm. don't know if you're making the right decision in general, you know, like, am I protecting her or am I just harming her by not letting her experience more? Maybe Is that is not a- the standard basic question yeah. of every yeah. parent, every situation though, that's not unique to this. 
Right. So I, mean, I don't know. I'm not a parent, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's magnified in the sense that like, you know, that there's activities that are good and healthy. Like, you know, going to the playground and getting exercise and interacting with other kids. Like I'm doing the right thing by bringing my kid to a playground, even if the risk is there that they could fall and get hurt, you know, sure, but the pandemic adds a thousand but other layers to that. Add something else that is just so different, right? I'm risking her health and safety. I'm risking my babies. Yeah, I know. Kids aren't dying by the dozens. We can see that, but they also don't know, right? The long-term health effects of this at all for children. And we'll see in the coming years what's happening to people. And I just don't want my kids to be the ones that have long-term health consequences from it. Who does? And if you keep your kids home, you're doing the right thing for other people's safety as well. Also, less kids in the classroom in general is safer for a teacher. So, I mean, you can kind of justify it in a lot of ways, but at the end of the day, you're still wondering, is this the healthiest choice for my kid? Or are masks really as effective as everyone seems to say? And should I be letting them wear a mask and go run wild with other kids? I don't know. I don't know the answer. Well, I think that's the hard thing with, with this year is that there's been no definitive right or wrong answer. I think we can know definitively wear a mask. Like that just, it's not going to hurt you, but it probably will help you. Right. Right. Wear a mask. Um, Other than that, I don't know. Yeah. And I think that the problem is, is that they do have a lot of information about social isolation and what that does to young developing. We are literal social. We're social beings. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think that, I think that you talked about how May isn't, isn't suffering, right? Like she has it kind of made, let's not be shy to acknowledge the privilege that you all have. And the fact that you don't have to work full time. Matt's working, but he can take an hour and a half break. And that's really nice. Not all parents have that. I, most parents do not have it this I, I do believe that we have a luxury to make the decision to keep our kids home and to do it this way. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, that is what it is. Um, and I don't, uh, I just wanted to call oh, and <laughs> hi, Simon. We've been talking about you. <laughs> you want to go get some trucks? No. <laughs> okay. Has he ever gotten a haircut, Beth? No. It's so funny because I feel like May had so much more hair too. No, she did not. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Simon. (laughs) (laughs) For anyone who is listening and not watching this, we have a cute little boy sitting here on her lap. He is very cute. Now, okay, so what I was going to ask you anyway, and him sitting on your lap and is perfect because as I feel like I've kind of been leaning towards the heavier side of the coin here in terms of being a parent, but the reality is, is this is so precious. You are lucky, talk about privilege in that you got to spend with May. You did work, like you said, but you were home a lot. You got to have, you got to see all these milestones, which a lot of parents now are experiencing because they have to work from home. You were, but but now Matt's getting them. You get to experience yeah. them together. Like, talk to me about some of the awesome parts about being a parent during this. Uh, I think you you just kind of summed it up. I think that is the those are the best parts about it. Like you're seeing everything. You're watching it all. You're experiencing it all. Um, you're watching, for us, we're watching May be a big sister and how they interact. And, you know, normally at this time, May would be spending a lot of time out of the house. She would be in school all day. She would have activities. And not that they wouldn't spend a lot of time together. I'm not saying that. But, you know, you fill your day with things. <laughs> And so she, so I would have a lot of one-on-one time with him, but I think that we wouldn't see their interaction quite so, so obviously. <laughs> He's just playing with trucks. Um, yeah, 
So I think that's probably the major thing that's really fun to see. And Matt, Matt's just like in awe of the things that he's able to witness, for sure. Because he didn't get that with May. No. And granted, again, he was home a lot. He was able to work from home sometimes. He's kind of one of those fortunate people. This is going to be really bad for your sound. Uh, but yeah. So I would say that that is the best part about it. And it forced, it's forcing us to just like slow down by mm. a lot. I didn't realize how stressful it actually is to, I mean, I knew how stressful it was, don't get me wrong, but getting ready for school every morning and getting ready to leave the house and get in the car and drive to school and all this stuff. It's a lot of just getting things done, you know? and stressing out and running around. And you don't have any of that. Like over the summer, a beehive ruined Matt's tires of his car because we just didn't go anywhere. <laughs> I can't hear you. I had put myself on mute because yeah. I'm trying to make the yeah. sound better. I'm yeah. laughing. <laughs> yeah. well, I see you laughing and I was like, uh-oh. But yeah, yeah. So like we haven't, you know, it's just us and we're kind of enjoying I can imagine why you're enjoying it. And I mean, it's enjoying it sometimes. And sometimes it's just like, I wish we had Grammy to watch the kids for an hour. Like I want somebody to just come and let me go shower, you know, <laughs> come over and let Matt and I like get something done around the house, you know, with a, with just May, it would be a different story, but with a 22 month old, you know, you can't get anything done. Yeah, totally. No napping and, you know, it's not, it's just, they're long days. They're very long days. I'm everything. I'm their source of entertainment. I'm their cook, their cleaners, their everything, you know? What about you? Well, that's the thing. Like, there's no, I feel like I don't have the outlet anymore either, which is really hard. I used to go to the gym a lot, as you know, and get out and see friends and just, it's not happening. So yeah, stressful. It's just it, like, Fun, I, stressful and weird. Totally. And I think, you know, even me as a, I have no responsibilities other than to myself, which is an immense privilege. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like I don't have the outlets that yeah. I usually would. Right. And me a minute. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Here's one. You want this? Yeah. Yeah. What do you want, baby? Oh my gosh, you're just seeing me just going up with hands in his head in his hands. Do you want to sit on my lap? Okay. Oh, so cute. I know you're like, oh, come on, just give me some time. And I'm sitting here like, oh, so cute. Okay. He wants to snuggle with his cars or like his babies. That is the other thing I've noticed. Sure. Noticed? Yeah. But he is a boy. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say that. He is into things that I don't like. <laughs> little human. Thank you for being inclusive. Yeah. So I don't think it's fair to say that. I don't know. Boys only like trucks. It's just, I just have no interest in trucks. <laughs> so I have a question for you yeah. that, that might be, I don't know, a hard question, but I feel like I can ask you it. If you knew that this was all going to happen, yeah. this year and like looking at the future would you do it again would I have him sure yeah because I guess you already had May huh gosh it's such a hard question because now that I can see a future where maybe there's a vaccine and things are different um yeah okay I would. Yeah, you would. Are you going to take the, are you going to give the vaccine to your kids? Are you going to take the vaccine? What do you think? Yeah, I will. I mean, I obviously, I'm not going to be one of the first people to get it. So I guess I'll see the efficacy of it, you know, and what the side effects are. 
I'm not going to be first in line. I'm not working as a healthcare worker right now. I'm not elderly. That's but, something that we haven't said once. I mean, Beth, you are a nurse practitioner, no? Registered nurse. Not really? I thought you went all the way to NP. So I did not. I graduated early because I did the five-year program. And so okay. I graduated with, yeah. So I stopped and decided I did not want to be a prescriber. Got so. it. Okay. But yeah, so as a nurse, it's really hard because I, I mean, I told you that I'm the last one that I feel like I have a, the last podcast that I feel like I have a sense of responsibility. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to go. Should we try this another time? It's okay. Oh, you think he's just not going to stop right now? I don't think he's going to stop and be chill. You want some, do you want something to eat? Can I get you a little snack and some water? What do you think? You want a little snack? It's like, actually, that sounds nice. Do you want to see what that was? What do you think? Okay, okay. See what that noise is. Over there, go see. <laughs> see how long this lasts. Uh, Ooh, what were what, we talking about? Yeah, what, what were we just talking about? Oh, you were saying as a nurse, it's really hard because we were talking about oh, the vaccine yeah, and everything. There is a sense of responsibility that I should get back into the working force and, you know, help out. And I feel like- Actually, yeah. yeah. like, should a, we even go down that route? Because, the, I mean, you had- That was really, yeah. We think you had COVID. Right. I mean, started. yeah, like there's- no reason as to why that wouldn't have been except for the fact that no test ever showed up that you had it yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and yeah we're going to the second round i haven't even thought about that beth they are calling for volunteers and so what are you what are you thinking um and as a parent i mean there's yeah. layers there so there's a lot of layers there and i wrestle with it but at the end of the day, I want to be selfish and keep my family safe. And I also feel like I have a whole life ahead of me to help people and get back into the working force. And um, I can't do that if I'm dead. <laughs> so. I don't know. I don't feel like they're protecting their healthcare workers. I know that's blunt and that's, but I mean, there was some staggering statistic that more nurses have died with COVID than what world war one, world war two. I don't know, but Shit, um, I haven't heard that. Or yeah. Read that. I will have to look it up. I'll, I'll be wrong if I say it. I don't want to, but it, I mean, it's been just so many and after getting so, so sick, at the beginning of all of this, I am hesitant to get back in there and work. And I do feel a sense of responsibility as an ER nurse for somebody who feel, I feel like I, I have the training to help and I'm choosing not to, which is hard to say out loud. Uh, I know I'm sitting here like, I don't even know what to say back to you right now. Yeah, it's really hard. It's a really hard decision to make. But, you know, I wasn't working when this started and it's not like I left a job. It's that I am not trying to go to a job, you know, and, and realistically, I mean, it's like, okay, selfishly oh, as no. your best, as yeah. your best friend, I'm like, yeah, no, don't go to work. And you're like, of course, like I get it. I totally get it. Blah, blah, blah. And at the same time, I don't get it at all. When you hear about the fact that like in North Dakota, for example, they're having the nurses continue working when they test positive and they're asymptomatic, it's that dire. And then you're sitting here being like, well, I'm I, I don't need to, I could, but I don't need to. That almost makes me angry if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. And I also really get it. I mean, wow. I mean, you're also saying to me, okay, fly to a COVID hotspot and stay there away from your family that needs you to help with school, help I'm with care. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that. No, no, I'm just but saying, I, like, you know, 
everybody could be doing more. Everybody. Everybody could be doing more. Everyone and why should it fall on you just because you happened to have done that 10 years ago? Yeah. Why should that fall on you? I don't know. It's like you didn't go to school or a doctor. It's like a lot of people say that. I didn't sign up for this, period. And I just because you happen to be of, like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And that's like, that's like, it's the same thing. I'm an American. We're at war. Why don't I volunteer? I could. I'm perfectly healthy. It's the same concept. It so, is. And it's not. I mean, I'm not justifying my decision because I struggle with it every day. And if you weren't a parent, would it be different? Oh, if I weren't a parent? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Since oh, that's 100%. what we're talking about anyway, that's the theme yeah. of the podcast. Uh, hands down, I would be doing it. I mean, some so of it's because of the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Ah. Oh, absolutely. But I also, that's why I'm not working is because of kids. You know what I mean? Like that is the reason, but yep. Hold on a second. Yes, May. What's up? Oh, she's stuck. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So it's a hundred percent. What was she, what was she stuck? The gate. (laughs) Open it from coming down the stairs. Uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I don't want them. I mean, yeah. It, it, no, how, but like, that's why I'm not working is right. because I have small people to take care of. Right. You had already made that decision. I had made that decision. So that was kind of the reason that I'm, that I'm not working in general. But before that, you know, working in during very intense circumstances, like that was what drove me it was what I enjoyed yeah I mean you were through the uh bo- the bombing when we were in school no it was after school but yeah. the marathon in yeah. Boston um, and you know like yeah and I never was fearful of I mean there was like MERS was going around um not SARS. I wasn't out with, I wasn't working, um, during SARS, but like there was always like working in Boston and being in the front line and working in emergency room. There was always that risk of contact with some, especially people that would fly across the world and get dropped off, you know, at Logan and then come over to mass general, like, and you, all sorts of things. You are of mine was getting, it's funny because you, you are, (laughs) how do I say this uh you are unbelievably like strong in the face of danger I would say and intensity because you had to I mean the things that you would tell me about in the hospital in the ER I'm like I couldn't do that at the same time in regular life I feel like you can be more anxious and fearful than a lot of people I know um uh, but Hey, me too. But it's like, really, when it comes down to it, you are tough as nails truly. And like, I'm the one that calls you sometimes and I'm like, ah, and you're like, no, 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 this is what it is. You kind of have to put on a face. Do you think that being when you became a parent, cause I'm like, okay, living through this pandemic, mm-hmm. I'm and you know me, like I've been mental. I mean, I've gone through some weird things. Luckily, nothing that hard, but even like losing my dog. I mean, I'm pretty mentally like, I feel like healthy. Mm-hmm. This year has been the hardest yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, did having, does having kids make, like, do you just feel like you have to be stronger? Did that happen when you became a parent period? I mean, no. does it make a difference? <laughs> No, I think for me, so for me, I think everybody as a younger adult, or if you're on your own, I maybe, maybe this changes as you get older. I just don't know. Um, there was a level of invincibility for me, even though I'm cautious and I know things happen. Like I've seen it in my own family with other families and work. Like, you know, bad things happen and it, they don't just happen to other people. I guess maybe I did know that from a young age, uh, that horrific things can happen, tragic things can happen, and they don't just happen to other people, which I don't think that everyone learns. A lot of people learn that at a younger age, but not everybody, you know? 
And I think that's what drove me into nursing. And then it was very empowering to become a nurse that felt like you could actually change traumatic situations that like you could do something right when somebody comes in with a trauma or when somebody comes in and they're having difficulty breathing like there's things you can do it's an empowering thing to know you can actually help and so all those things were great and I would almost get adrenaline rushes you know and I felt like this is this is what I was made to do and then I had kids Whoa. Interesting. I've never heard you describe it in that way. Yeah. Like code situations. It makes sense. Like, but then I would also say that having just like conversations with the little old lady that came in for no reason was really, really wonderful too. (laughs) You know, like there were lots of different parts of nursing that was so great. It was such a great social, it was just a, a good social outlet and you felt like you were making a difference all the time. Now, cut to having children, cut to having children where you are worried about their own health. Uh, like when I first had May and we had concerns about her growth and development. I mean, it completely shifted my whole life in the sense that I didn't want high stress. I had enough high stress. I didn't mm. want to go and have that, like that stress, worry, and anxiety that kind of gets you to be like really good at your job in a high paced, stressful environment. Like you're always living with a level of anxiety. And I think that that anxiety makes you good at it. But when you have anxiety at home and you have caretaking at home and you have stress there, it like, it never stops, Mm. you know? And it, feels like too much. Yeah. I felt overloaded by caretaking and anxiety and worry and stress. And I felt like I wasn't doing a very good job at any of my jobs. If that makes mm. sense. Yeah. You were depleted. I was depleted emotionally and physically, right? I'm breastfeeding. I'm not sleeping. I have a baby that I'm concerned about. And then I have to go into work and be concerned about everybody else. <laughs> and it was taking a physical, emotional, and mental toll on me, which is what made me, and it, it led to the decision to stop. And I think yeah, if I yeah, went I remember that nursing, now that you're, mm-hmm. yeah, if I went back into nursing now, I would say, okay, I have these skills and I'm going to help with the pandemic. But if I'm being honest with myself, like if I go back into nursing, it's not going to be for something like that. <laughs> it's going to be a much no, and, and if you think about my own well-being. Totally. And because if you think about what you just described and what depleted you and you know, I, I, you hear about what's going on, I mean, you come home after a shift right now, like you are, you can't be there for your family. How could you? Yeah. You would have just given everything on that shit. So, and then to come home and worry that you're making your family sick. Yeah. I, oh, I feel for God. these people immensely. And it does make me have a very large I feel very guilty that I'm home and not making the choice to work, but you know, I don't know. I feel like if the focus had been on protecting healthcare workers and if it were still, if that was the number one focus in our country right now, that I don't think people would be dying like this. I don't think nurses and doctors would be getting sick at the rate that they are. And mind well, you, well, let's not uh, let's not open Pandora's box. You know, you and I, you, nurses <laughs> are getting sick a lot more than doctors because nurses spend a lot more time at the bedside. They do. It, it, yeah, I mean, I, listen, I'm not saying that because I don't. I'm not on the same side of the coin. You come on, yeah. you know where I lie. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. the whole other thing to discuss and right. holy moly. Yeah. Back to parenting. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Being a parent during this sucks. (laughs) I love my children. I love the fact that I get to be home with them. I made that choice to be a stay at home parent. This was not what I signed up for as a parent. I could tell you that much. I did not sign up for this. What about, no, you did. I mean, 24 seven is really what you're talking about signing up for. I don't think anybody signs up for that. No, but a lot of people are doing this with a full-time job, two parents with both full-time jobs, and then no option to send their kids to school or daycare right now. And we're going to see what happens when we go into winter, because thank God, you know, in the summer we could go outside. Yeah. We're going to see, I mean, 
we know. Uh, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming to think about. So I'm going to ask a little bit lighthearted more. I think a little bit lighthearted of a question. Mm -hmm. I just want to ask about education really quickly, and then we're going to wrap it up. Um, You know, May's doing first grade online right now. She finished kindergarten year online. Mm -hmm. Um, Simon's learning basically everything from you, Matt, and his sister and the screens that he's watching. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, half the stuff that I think we learned in school was irrelevant anyway. And there were way more practical things we could have learned. Cause I'm like, yeah, okay. I ask you the long-term impacts of not being social, but I'm just curious, like, do you think that we're going to change in our classrooms? And I know Mace kind of in a different type of school anyway, but will we just change what they're going to be learning and need to learn? Do you think that it's actually, is it already impacting May? I mean, what about that? Because the jobs, by the way, that we're going to need to create are going to be wildly different anyway. I mean, yeah. so yeah. Oh, I don't know how to answer that. I know. I'm I, like, talk about opening Pandora's box. That was a lot, yeah, a loaded question. Yeah, but. I don't know how to answer that because honestly, I think all parents can see right now that online schooling is not, it's, it's not going well. <laughs> you know, I think all parents can agree on that aspect of it, that kids were not meant to learn just from videos and screens and that technology is having a hard time catching up at this rate, especially education in general, educational materials have always been behind the times, to be frank, you know, like old workbooks and very wasteful, like lots of copies of lots of things. And, you know, uh, but I think that a lot of people, myself included, felt like limiting screen time, limiting and and delaying the skills needed to use computers or iPads and that we were making the right choice. And now here we are thinking, oh my gosh, like if my, you know, like now I'm teaching my six-year-old how to use a laptop and a trackpad and toggling between screens. Like she has she never was allowed to use an iPad unless we were traveling. So she has very, very, very limited knowledge of how to use anything. So now here I am <laughs> thinking, oh God, what did I do? You know? Okay, that's really weird to think about. Yeah, so then there you are. And now all I can think of is, okay, when this is over, I don't ever want her doing another online class, right? So it's like, you're kind of going between back and forth between what, yeah. I mean, and for a kid like May, who loves to read, she is struggling reading books on the screen with a teacher, you know, like mm. it's not, it's just not. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I think it's hard for everybody. And I, I don't, and I don't think the curriculum has changed. I just think it's, as of right now, I just think it's worse. It's just not, they're just not getting what they need kids. No. And that's what I think. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I think this is going to be a last year for a lot of kids. I think a lot of kids are going to be behind in school. Um, I think a lot of kids aren't going to get the fundamentals, especially you're looking at like what I'm looking at, like a first and second grader. I, they're, I think that's, they're going to struggle. I mean, that's when you're learning to read, you're learning to do math, you're learning to write without all of that. I don't know what, you know, we are very involved parents helping. I don't know what, other people are doing gosh yeah it's gonna be I guess one day at a time is really all we can do right so mm-hmm. one day at a time I know I keep turning you keep asking me lighthearted questions and I keep being doom and gloom <laughs> no it's okay that wasn't lighthearted necessarily at all I knew it wasn't yeah. just interesting yeah. and that could be education is a whole other topic to talk about but okay thank you for sharing all of this I want to end on two questions. The first is, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you think is important that you want to share or say about being a parent of two young kids during this time? Yogurt. What did he say? Want yogurt. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll give you some yogurt. Uh, is there anything you didn't ask about being? Uh, no, I think you covered it. It's it's exhausting and it's brutal and there's really wonderful parts about it. Like I'm seeing my kids more. Everybody is. And we're all slowing down. I think it's like the biggest takeaway for me. 
Mm. That, that's what I was going to ask. The last question is what's been the absolute best thing about all of this? Oh, realizing I don't want to travel to school every day. I don't want to drive a half hour to my kid's school. She's going to the local public school. <laughs> Hold on a second. We'll finish our last thought. Let me get it right yeah. Okay, go ahead. I think that one thing that probably a lot of parents are going to kind of realize is the importance of opening up your life to maybe more play dates, more um okay like I don't really know these people who cares let's go play outside like you guys want to come over like let's just have social interaction and just enjoy it I mm. think is kind of like being less choosy <laughs> sounds weird but like less choosy about the things that we do and more just doing convenient um social things like let's hang out around the neighborhood with the neighborhood kids and let's go to the neighborhood school and I'm not join the rat race if that makes sense mm. for me it's, that's it, like it sounds my, like the like I don't know external <laughs> meaning of like what seemed important has changed and now it's just like it's so much simpler yeah but I want to be able to enjoy like the really simple things like enjoying having people over and enjoying having picnics with kids and letting you think that happened or is going to happen I'm hoping like that's what I'm looking forward to that's what you're looking forward to okay that's what I'm looking forward to and I'm really hoping that that's what is going to happen and it doesn't I think it will take a while for people to really want to like join every class and get back I don't know how to describe it. Like, are you really going to want to go to crowded environments for a while? Like, even with a vaccine? I don't know. <laughs> Your face. No one can see it. Really? Yeah. So, so I'm like, I run all over mats with kids and I don't know. I don't I know. I, I really miss just hanging out with people. And I think that that is probably what most people would say that are parents to young people. Ching dong kids. <laughs> hey, queen. Wanna say hi? <laughs> hi, how are you? Good. What's going on? What you been up to? You don't know? She's shrugging her shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. You want to tell Jamie one thing about what is weird about being here in quarantine? Like what are some what is something that you miss? Okay. All right, let's hear it. I have um a very favorite spot to go. <laughs> My very favorite spot to go is probably Panera. Oh, Panera. <laughs> Your favorite where spot to go is Panera. After? Wow. Oh, normally before, oh, before. Panera, we normally we normally go to Barnes and Noble and get some new books. You know what's funny is your mommy told me that's your favorite place to go. Yeah, just a little while ago. So and you miss that? Yeah, yeah. What about going to school? Not as much as Barnes and Noble. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. I have a different question. What's been your favorite part of being in quarantine? That my dad didn't have to go to the office to work mm-hmm. <laughs> all day and work. That's but awesome. And so he doesn't even have to even work. <laughs> What's dad doing right now? Dad, he went to the warehouse and he skateboarded there. Cool. He sounds pretty awesome. I would say. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> right, Beth. Board in the garage. Here's our skateboard ramp. That is so cool. I love it. It's like a. Yes, it's a ramp. It's. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, that's all I got for you. Is there anything else that you want to say, Beth? Nope. Stay healthy. Stay safe. I love you. I love you too.
stay home. Keep being an awesome parent. May, you're lucky to have such an awesome mama. Don't you know that? Do you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm I have another Bye. Time. Thank you. Bye. Love you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the One World Your Story podcast. If you enjoyed hearing this story and you wish to hear more, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and YouTube. And of course, follow us on Instagram at One World Your Story. From all of us here at the One World Your Story podcast, we are sending you so much joy and love. Have a wonderful rest of your day.